I can probably get this shindig started. Did I tell you what, what we're going to do? No, you did not. So I was thinking, <laughs> Bybee, hi Creepers, how you doing? I was thinking <laughs> we could explore this very topical story of Natalia Grace. Have you read about that? <gasps> Wait, stop. Mm-hmm. My older brother is going to lose his mind. Is he, he deep in it? He was deep in it. <gasps> Let me take a sip of tea. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Literal actual tea. <laughs> it's actual tea. <laughs> you were like, all right. Um, yeah. I mean, I had followed the story a while ago because it was still kind of undetermined. Like this was way before the documentary that just came out this year. Like it was kind of an up in the air thing. And I guess for some people it still technically is. Although after the doc, I don't think so you know, how old is this girl? So for anybody who's not really familiar with the story and they may have seen the movie The Orphan, Natalia Grace was a Ukrainian child, we believed, who was about six years old when she was adopted by these two parents. They came into some knowledge, so they say, that Natalia was maybe not a child, but she was an adult woman with dwarfism who was posing as a child and was trying to harm their family, which is a duplicate plot runs in tandem with the storyline of the orphan. So what they basically did was they had Natalia placed in an apartment, which was like 65 miles outside of Indianapolis. It was in Lafayette, I think. And they abandoned her when she was still technically a child after they had petitioned in the courts to have her age legally changed from, I think, nine to 22 so this is some of that story. And it, it became this huge subject for debate because eventually like, they were arrested on child neglect because effectively they had left this girl alone who was severely physically handicapped. And there was still sort of this ambiguity in the air about like, well, what is Natalia's actual age? You know, is there anyone who can prove it? So that's what we're going to get into today. What do you know about it so far? I mean, j- I know I just like spilled the entire top line. There's nothing no. like me giving you the entire bio of a story and then being like, <laughs> so what do you know? <laughs> but you know, what's so funny is, I mean, w- I was waiting for you to ask me and I was going to say, all I know is that it's somehow just like the mo- movie, The Orphan. That's we, all I know. We got to say something. Have you seen The Orphan, right? No. Are you and serious? Hold on. Someone told me once. I think thinking it was a compliment. Oh, no. Oh, you look just like that actress from The Orphan. Now, let me say something. Do you see it? <laughs> <laughs> was it you, bitch? It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. But I can see maybe why they said it. She's not. She, I, I mean, she's, she's a very pretty girl, but like. It's just, it's bizarre to compare an adult woman to like a child actress. It's, it's weird to me. I, I wouldn't well, know how to so, respond to it. It's like it's somebody so talking funny. to my sister who's like in her 20s and being like, you kind of look like good luck, Charlie. Like it's weird. <laughs> well, it's also weird when the only like thing that that actress <laughs> is really known for is being an absolutely like psycho crazy 
character in a movie and like that oh you look just like her it's like great um they say you look like her when she is a child or when she like comes at spoiler for anybody but when she like reveals herself as a woman i didn't press on okay you did did not did not inquire with the party i see i yeah i took that and i decided to just swallow and (laughs) just tuck it away tuck it away and save (laughs) it for therapy (laughs) (laughs) story of my life honey well you know what i would say about that movie it was great when it came out and that girl is extremely talented if that movie was made i want to say 10 years before it came out dakota fanning the way that she would have chewed that part up she would have spit it out and made everybody else lap it up like dakota fanning would have bodied that role so hard you can't trust children that can act that well. It's disturbing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it. I know the basic plot line. And mm-hmm. I, yes, I could see Dakota eating that up. I, I could certainly see Dakota eating that up. Eating. Eating. So we're going to get into the actual story that is sort of, well, what, they, what they're suggesting is that basically these parents who abandoned her and they put forward the storyline that she's a Ukrainian child or like a Ukrainian woman who's posing as a child with dwarfism they had plucked it from the plot of the orphan to like cover their ass. And then they got the hell out of Dodge, literally left the country, moved to Canada. So we're going to unpack a little bit about like how that story came to be. And maybe some of the details that maybe led one thing to another, why they suspected she might've been an adult. Were they really not in the know or was there a deeper plot here to basically dump the child they had adopted, which is so dark to think about. But heartless. It is heartless. I, I hate to like leave it on such a dark note and then be like, but before we get into it, welcome back, everybody, to Creep Time, the <laughs> podcast. Sorry. But welcome back. We missed you guys. It's been a, a second since we said hey. And we just wanted to say thank you for all of the positive feedback, reviews, and all of the lovely comments on Reddit recently. You guys are requesting cases so, so much. It's like really overwhelming to keep up with them. But Rest assured, there is a master list. We will get to those stories. They will come about at some <laughs> point in the future, or they'll be covered on the Sinister. Um, not on After Dark, because that's just for you and me, baby. That's for us to that's- just chat. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, like, after recording, like, After Darks, and then we get back to Creep Time, the podcast, and it's like, all right. It's Let's a mental get down switch. to brass no, tacks. It's, it's like a mental yeah. switch, truly. In fact, I kind of went into this today with, like, an After Dark mindset, and I was like, reel it in. But thanks again, everybody, for listening. We're very appreciative for anybody who is new, anybody who's been here for a while. Please make sure we want you to follow and subscribe to the podcast just because you never know when we're going to have new episodes that drop unexpectedly or we make special announcements. So with that, we're going to dive straight into the story. Are you ready? I'm ready. Take a deep breath, honey. Okay. Now, Actually, I, maybe I'm not ready. You not? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm in after dark mode too. Hold on. Let me get, I got to lower my voice a little bit. Okay. Well, I, I didn't want to brush up too, too much on this. I got all the research together and everything, but I kind of loosely knew the story. I wanted to basically create a scenario where we could both kind of blind react to this. Um, I definitely know the top line of it, but I'm going to go through this research and okay. go through what I have pulled up moment by moment. So, where does this all begin? So, the, the girl's name was Natalia Grace Barnett, but I think that was a name that she adopted 
once she was adopted. So she took the family name. She is, let's see. Trying to get her actual name, the name she was born with. Oh, shoot, we don't have it here. But basically, obviously, you know the sinister suspicion is that she was a 30-year-old woman, um, or today is a 30-year-old woman, and at the time, they thought she was in her early 20s, and these allegations that she had an abusive relationship with her adoptive U.S. parents, Christine and Michael Barnett. Now, the Barnetts were charged um, the last month that this was reported for allegedly leaving her to fend for herself in an Indiana apartment before they took off and moved to Canada, as I mentioned. And then this story hit the news, and it drew a shocking parallel to the horror movie, The Orphan, the story of a little girl who was adopted by a couple and then proceeds to torment and manipulate the family and kill people until it is eventually uncovered that she is a woman posing as a child. But Natalia's story is a lot more complicated, and there's much more nuance to it because, for one, this is very much a real thing that took place. And two, there is still a bit of debate and speculation about how old Natalia is or was and sort of what her intentions were. So we're going to base most of this off of the research that's connected to the probable cause affidavit that involved Michael Barnett specifically. So their original charge came in 2010. Christine and her then-husband Michael had adopted a girl who I think her previous adopted parents gave her up which is so hard for me to wrap my head around adopting a child and then giving that child up. I can't, I don't think I know of any story like that. I know stories must exist of it, but it sounds so horrible. Yeah, of course. Because I feel like a lot of times when you go to adopt a child, it's because you can't naturally have one yourself. So it's like when you get that child, yeah. you finally get your child. It's like, oh, like it's such a, a special thing. I can't imagine them giving the child up again. Well, it's it's or not up. even yeah. It's just, she's not so young as if she wouldn't remember that because I think at the time that she was put back up for adoption, she was already six years old. So she would have been completely aware and like cognizant of like who her caregivers were. And then, how do you explain that to a child that you adopted that were were giving you up? And I don't know if there's any specific reason that was listed and. I think a lot of people who are on the side of the parents have used that for fodder to say, like, clearly something nefarious was going down where they felt unsafe mm-hmm. with this child. I don't think that it was that. I just don't believe that four and five year olds are capable of anything that could harm adults, but mm-hmm. who knows? So at the time, she was believed to be six years old. She's from Ukraine. She has a very rare form of dwarfism, which affects most of her joints and her spine. So she has some severe mobility issues, even from a young age. And she would have early onset arthritis. Now, I think this is part of what they were citing for the reason they suspected that Natalia may not be who she said she was. So they received her from the Ukraine. From Ukraine, sorry. I can't say the Ukraine. Um, They received her and... What they immediately started to notice were some odd details for a six-year-old's body. She seemed to be a little more developed than an average child, specifically that she had pubic hair at a very young age. That, I think, was somehow explained in connection with her her growth disorder and her dwarfism. But what they also noticed was that she was menstruating at a very young age. Now, 
if I'm remembering this correctly, because I covered another case on TikTok, I'm forgetting the name of the girl, but she suffered from precocious puberty. Have you heard of that? No. Is it like just very early onset puberty? It's extremely early onset puberty. And I don't know that it's entirely known as to as to why it happens. But some of the research that I was reading about precocious puberty is that a body can start to do that when a child, a very young child is being sexually abused. They go into precocious puberty and they might start menstruating from a very young age. It's not confirmed, um, but it's not off the table to assume that between orphanages and these previous adopted parents and the homes that Natalia was sort of bounced around in, that she may have been at the hands of abuse. I can't confirm that, obviously, but I would go as far as to suggest she did not have an easy time coming from Ukraine to an adoptive family, then back to an orphanage, then to another adoptive family. So that is their initial concern and suspicion, is that she seems to be a six-year-old who has pubic hair and is menstruating from a very young age. What they also noticed, which disturbed them, was that with other kids her age, specifically other kids who suffered from a similar or the same type of dwarfism, she wasn't really a one-to-one match to them. She seemed to have a very advanced vocabulary for a child as young as she was, um, much more than someone else who was her counterpart her age. And what also concerned them was that she allegedly grew up in Ukraine. She was there until she was about five years old. But she didn't really understand the language. And she spoke English pretty well, even as a six-year-old. So these were sort of the initial things that they started to cite as there's something maybe off with this child. I'm going to send you a picture of her. Have you seen one? I I think I saw. So when my brother was sending me like articles about it, being like, you have to talk about this. Oh, my God. You have to like, yeah. Do you get, wait, do you get I a lot just, of people who are like, you got to do this on the podcast? Because I get that a lot. Do you know what's hilarious? I don't get that, especially really? for my own. Yeah, well, for my own family, like I think my family tends to stay away from the true crime stuff. But mm-hmm. my brother's like big into docs. And so I think he watched the documentary and was like. Basically, I know you've got that true crime podcast. Y'all should think about this. <laughs> not, I know, hey, I know you've got that little side project, that little tiny true crime podcast that you're working on. <laughs> that basement um, podcast, honey. Give me Hold that on. basement. Give me that basement. Um, I think I just sent you a picture. I, I saw her picture in like the thumbnail article that he sent me, but I, that's mm. honest to God. Okay. Yep. Looking at her right now. So this is her around the age, I think, when she was somewhere between that six to nine window. But this is when her parents were starting, or her adopted parents were starting to suspect that she was an adult woman, possibly in her early 20s, and that she was disguising herself as a child because of the dwarfism. Okay. I mean, it's... uh, Facial features, it's weird. It's like this, and maybe this is kind of where this goes, but she looks very childlike and then in some other like i look at her again and she looks very i know adult. What you, well i think that's what like fed the fire here is that like there were certain facial features of hers that registered as an adult which i i don't actually know that if that could be connected to precocious puberty which it sounds like she absolutely mm-hmm. was in the midst of by the time she was adopted but for for whatever reason it seemed difficult for them to believe that she was a child it was just becoming increasingly increasingly distressing and just strange her behavior so this is all of their word against hers you know we don't actually know what happened in that home and if you watch the doc 
um, I think the children, the biological children of this couple have a little bit of a different take on what went down in those years that she was with them. Mm. I'm trying to find you another picture of when she was little. You know what kind of sticks out to me uh, just initially is her nose is very wide, like for that of like a six-year-old, because your nose grows with you as you get older. And it just looks very like just kind of like a fully formed adult nose. Her face, yeah. I know know what you mean, though. Her face does look oddly, oddly developed, I think, for a little girl. But I don't, I really can't say one way or the other if that's connected Mm -hmm. to the growth disorder. I don't know that it is. But I also think that there are children out there who just have different faces, you know, like. Yeah, of course. Let's see. Do you hear this plane, this jet that's flying over my apartment? (laughs) (laughs) Do you hear that? If it's usually a plane, a train or an automobile is about to come into either one of our apartments. So no, or the ice cream man just like (laughs) soaring it, ripping it down this road. He, um, you got the ice cream man, and I've got the vice president of the United States. It's, listen, it's one of the other. Who's more important in this world? You tell me. Who's more the important? The ice cream man. I mean, come on. Talk we about serving the people. Let's see. <laughs> I'll pull my research back up. So <clears throat> I'm going to get into a little bit of what the Barnetts are actually claiming so we can fill everyone in on how they came to their decision to do what they did. So this is where the story gets a little messy. The Barnetts claim that they were duped by this Ukrainian woman posing as a child, and they had done their best to care for her. So they were living under the assumption that they had for sure been got, basically, by this woman who they think is a con artist posing as a child, and she had this disability which allowed her to do so. So They then twisted their story to say that she was becoming increasingly dangerous and violent around the family. They made allegations that she had tried to stab multiple family members, that she was psychologically disturbed, that she had tried to put bleach in the mother's coffee to poison her. So these are all the allegations that they are putting against her. Allegedly, she's six at the time, but in their eyes, she's in her 20s or older, possibly older. So... Christine, she makes a claim that very soon after the adoption, Natalia's behavior started to turn into something that could have been lethal, and they believe that she was not born in 2003, and that her Ukrainian birth certificate was actually faked, and that she might have been born much earlier, possibly in the 80s. So according to Christine, Natalia was speaking with that advanced vocabulary. As we mentioned, she was showing signs um, of menstruating in her underwear, which again, all suggested their initial suspicions. So eventually what they have done is they bring her to a court system to have her to have a petition to change her birth certificate legally to show that she is not a child, she's an adult. The big question is, is how did they have proof of this? Mm-hmm. So this is when things get messy. So the Barnetts, they filed their motion in the Marion County Superior Court in Indianapolis which led to the order to change her birth year to that of 1989, which would make her at the time that they would abandon her about a 22-year-old woman. What they did was they rented an apartment in Lafayette for Natalia. They set her up with a social security number under this new identity on her birth certificate and some welfare programs because don't forget she is severely handicapped. And then they just up and left and moved to Canada. Specifically so their son, one of their sons, who it says here was a genius, 
um, and I think was going to study physics. They wanted him to study at the specific school in Ontario. At least that's Christine's claim. And then after they moved, they no longer got in touch with Natalia. What we would come to learn is that they were most likely completely incorrect. And they had basically left a nine-year-old child in an apartment alone for what would be years before this is uncovered. Something just isn't even right. Like, even let's just say that she was a terror of a child or whatever. The way they went about this is already just wrong. It's hush. It's hush, which makes me suspicious that, like, they knew exactly what they were doing. And they were just trying to get rid of a child they had adopted. Right. I, I mean, I couldn't believe that Natalia maybe suffered from some severe stress and trauma, and she may have been a psychologically disturbed child, but the point is that she was most likely a child, and they just left her in this apartment. Well, and, the, and also, how do you, like as a f- fully formed like adult and family, mm-hmm. and like how do you come to that conclusion that you're just going to like up and abandon without like going through the proper channels? Like it just seems so... Well, I think that that's what they thought they were doing, or at least they were. They thought they were covering their tracks by getting her birth certificate legally changed. They really tried to like make this so that they legally were not culpable of like abandoning a minor. But when her actual age and the birth certificate comes into question later on, this is still very much ambiguous. So they are charged on September 11th with two counts of felony child neglect or neglect of a dependent. So. This is Christine's initial um, explanation. I think she had reached out to Daily Mail or vice versa first, and she said that they did a bone density test, which had concluded that Natalia, in 2010, was pegged for at least 14 years of age, which I don't know why this would suggest to them that she is a 22-year-old, or or even give a judge enough credibility to change a child's birth certificate. Because even if it said she's at least 14, she's still a minor. And she's a minor who is dependent on you, physically dependent on your help. Why am <laughs> I'm sort of having like an out of body experience right now where I'm like, is there no way for us to know exactly how old somebody is without a birth certificate? It's so there are a couple of I was doing some research on this before because I was that was the big question. They were like, well, how old do we know she actually is? Like, is there a way to definitively set that in stone, but it's always a range is what I'm learning. So the big question is we have to decide or figure out whether or not she was an adult at the time she was abandoned or she was a child. Because whether she was six or she was 14 or even 16, she was a minor who was left behind by parents that had adopted her and were set to care for her. It's neglect. Right. Right. So Apparently, Christine says she has this bone density test. Natalia went on in the doc to deny this, saying that she never remembered doing any sort of bone density test. But at the time, they were getting her tested. So it was either for reasons of them actually believing that she was the adult, or it was part of this master plan to see if they could find a doctor that would maybe give them a range where they could legally get this changed in court and then leave her behind. So what we have here is Dr. Riggs of the Peyton Manning Children's Hospital estimated that the same year she came in for this alleged bone density test that she actually might have been an eight-year-old. 
medical records would show that I think in June 2012, a skeletal survey, which was done at the same hospital, found Natalia to be within the range of an 11-year-old. So it sounds like they had multiple tests, some that were showing this range that was a little bit higher, closer to the 14 range, one that said somewhere around 11, and one where a doctor said she's around eight years old. So they've got three to, I don't, I really don't understand how this got through a court system because they've got, I mean, three tests that are saying she's a minor, two out of the three tests that are saying she's extremely young. She's either eight or 11. You're not leaving her alone. Like what? Also, like, how about the fact that this person has thought that they were a child for so long and we're just going to go and straight up change them to a 22 year old and leave them like even if they are 22 or 30, they, they've been living their life as a, you know, child. Like, you can't just, even if yeah. they're a terror, like, you have to, if you're going to assimilate someone back into society, that's not how you do it. <laughs> like, Well, they think it was malicious. Like, they think that she knew all along how old she was, and she had basically conned her way into the adoption system as a plot to, like, extort their family. So, so says them. I mean, this is their right. excuse. But I can't even imagine, because it's it would seem from this that she's most definitely a child. What must have been going on for her? Like, how to process that when you're like a nine-year-old kid, that these mm-hmm. two adults who were supposed to be your caregivers have told you that you're actually a 22-year-old woman, and they're leaving you alone, and then never get in touch with you again. They had no way to reach her. Like, they never even left behind a phone number. It's so weird and, like, cruel. It's it's malicious on their part. Yeah, it's there's intent there, in my opinion, allegedly, because this is still a very a very <laughs> alleged much active opinion. Su- my, it's my alleged. <laughs> <laughs> That's, any time now, my pad? I was going to say any any time now that I put my foot in my mouth and I say that's my opinion, allegedly. <laughs> I can't be held. I can't be held to my opinion. It was a legend. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, if it's, I don't know what the other side of that is. Like, if it's not my opinion, it's like, <laughs> it's like someone else. I'm being said the opinion. It's a legend. <laughs> you don't know if that came from me or I just said it. God, God help me. Yeah. Now, let's see what this says here. Now, there's a bit of controversy in this because a lot like i said a lot of this is going to be based off of an affidavit where it it claims that michael was interviewed and he said somewhere apparently on the record that he was aware that natalia was a child this is in the affidavit or at least that she was a minor now his lawyer since they've lawyered up has stepped in to say no this was taken completely out of context the affidavit is being very selective and it was, you know, citing specific medical reports to try to create a damning story around the parents, the adopted parents. And it's kind of like, well, yeah, because they abandoned a child. But the big question is, can we officially determine how old she was at the time? Because we don't have any other documents outside of, I guess, the Ukrainian adoption papers to say how old she was, at least historically on paper, and these medical records once she had tests done. So let's talk a little bit just about where Natalia is now, just so we can say like how this started to come to light when she eventually went to the press. Because what happens is she eventually does grow up, of course, and she's sort of living on 
state aid at the time. She was abandoned by this family. She does have some resources. But she takes her case and takes the story over to an interview with Dr. Phil by the time this becomes public news. Now, she starts to allege at this time, and people had reached out to her, that she is only 16 years old at the time that she comes out publicly with the story. Still a minor. And she's coming out to clear her name, to say that she was never a scam artist, she never tried to poison Christine. They could not handle her and did not want her as their adoptive daughter. So they concocted a plot to get rid of her and to do so through a legal loophole of changing the girl's age. So it's both a reveal that Natalia was a child all along, so so she says, but also how a family can exploit the legal system so that they can legally neglect a child they adopted, leave them in a home, and potentially get out or get off scot-free. And this was in Indiana? Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that change something for you? Well, I was just curious. I was, <laughs> I, I trying was like, to think all about, of Indiana's like, listening, Stu. Be careful. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. No, I was just curious. Um, God, I mean, what what a... Like, I know we've been touching on this, but what a weird thing to go through as a young person who was... That's what I'm saying, pre- yes. Who was pubescent, first of all, like in mm-hmm. already odd body, odd circumstances for her that I'm sure she was going through mentally, like grappling with that all the time to then just kind of have to like believe what she's being told about herself. Like that's kind of my, my thing about it. I was like, at a certain point, did she believe herself that she wasn't like, when did like, when do you come to the conclusion that wait a second, something might've happened to me where like I was lied to because like, like as you get older, you would start to realize like, okay, well by their math, like, I should be like a 30 year old by now, but like, I don't remember having like my twenties. Like I don't like, like you would have a come to moment, which is so difficult for me to imagine. Yeah. I mean, imagine like truly try to put yourself in her shoes. Like you as a nine year old, somebody saying to you, actually you're 22 years old. (laughs) Like how, how do you even like, comprehend that this is the weirdest thing it's it's disturbing i i'm seeing a letter here that was let's see this is dated october 24th 2016 that was obtained by local news outlet w w l f i news 18 so michael's unnamed primary care doctor said that natalia's birth in the ukraine birth certificate that the barnett's first was first gave them was clearly inaccurate. So this is in support of Michael and Christine, basically. This direct quote reads, over time, it became increasingly apparent that this patient is substantially older than she claimed to be. This is from the doctor, allegedly, this unnamed primary care doc. Natalia has made a career of perpetuating her age as a facade. She has continued to fool those who have the best intentions. Now, this outlet was not able to independently verify that letter, but I'm going to go a step further and make an allegation here that that letter might have been forged by Michael and Christine. I mean, the content that you just said, I mean, it like, what? where's the proof? Well, that's the thing. I, it would be yeah, horrifically, you can say whatever ir- you want. It would be horrifically irresponsible for a doctor to say that without providing 
some some point of evidence to say to, to basic I mean that's a huge thing to say a child is an adult who is fooling people what proof do you have as a caregiver as a provider well we took a bone density test and we took this test and like this says this this and this but every test that they could publicly source for this all said she was a minor so where does this letter come from from this unnamed doctor I actually am just I'm thinking to myself I I'm curious if they knew of all of her ailments or like her dwarfism or the pre, uh, what was it called again? The puberty on early oh, pre, onset. Yeah. Precocious puberty. Precocious puberty. If they knew all of these things about her before they adopted her. Allegedly they did. The parents, the adoptive parents. Okay. Yeah. They, yeah. I don't think they knew about the precocious puberty. Um, okay. I don't think they were told about any of her, behavioral issues if she had them i mean this is their again their word against hers vice versa but what they certainly did know was that she suffered from dwarfism she had limited mobility and she would continue to have mobility issues for her entire life but they adopted her knowing that they took on they took in a special needs child i just think the rest was kind of unfolding before them and Mm -hmm. they didn't know what to do or were ill-equipped to handle it. So I think they concocted something really sinister. It's the only way I can make sense of why they would do this, because I don't know if I believe that they really believed Natalia was an adult. I think why this caught traction in the media is because when you look at her, the headline of it is shocking. But also, like you said, her face kind of sits in that that strange in-between where you, you almost second-guess it once you're fed the information. Yeah. I think the things that like aren't computing for me are like, I think it takes a specific type of family to take in an adopted child in the first place and then Mm -hmm. an adopted child with special needs. Yes. And so the way that they went about this does not indicate to me the type of empathetic family unit that would be adopting a foreign special needs child, if that makes sense. Like, no, it totally does. I would think that that type of family, if they realized they couldn't have the child anymore, like even if it was because behaviorally they just felt like they couldn't handle her, that they would go about this, getting her back on, you know, into the orphanage or wherever, like in the most caring and like just the with the goodness that they could, the decency Mm -hmm. that they could not this. I mean, it's it's strange how they've sort of painted their own narrative in this because, of course, they're coming now that Natalia is speaking out and she's telling her side of the story. Michael is also coming out. I mean, the family's kind of publicly trying to like stake their claim and you know say that they were terrified. They're they're saying that she was brutally sort of like harming them and that she was a threat to their family. And they framed it in a way that they had to protect their children and they had to be they had to be sure about what they were doing before they did it, which is why they went through the court system, why they petitioned for this and got the tests. But it it just seems like they had already committed to the decision that by the time they were fed information that, no, she just might be a disturbed like nine-year-old and she might need some help, psychological help. Mm -hmm. They were already, it was beyond the pale. Like They were committed Mm -hmm. to the idea of leaving this girl behind and uprooting their family and just starting anew, starting fresh. Right. I I don't know like what could come from 
I mean, ultimately, if they did what they did, I think they did it with malicious intent. And I think they were aware of all of the signs that said that she probably is a child. And I think that they should serve time for that. Yeah, it almost seems like they started concocting like their own narrative about all this. And then Mm -hmm. by the time, like, I wonder if they ever had a moment of reckoning where they were like, okay, actually, we've kind of made all this up in our minds to kind of like, like, I wonder if they ever had that moment where they were like, should we Mm -hmm. just double back on this? Like, because, wow, what a what a thing to build up. Yeah. Yeah, that's a huge commitment to like build up this case against the, her. The father's a little off. I saw him in the dock. He's a little he's he's off. Like he's an eccentric man. And mm-hmm. there are okay, so here's the other thing too. The thing that we're missing in this is any third party testimony, right? Because so far we know Natalia's side, she's a little girl. We know the parents' side. They thought she was an adult. What were the other kids saying? Right. That's what I was just thinking. What were the kids, the children saying? So what I do know is that the son, I think it was the son who was like the physics genius. They basically like when this all went public, it like destroyed their family and like completely isolated him. And as of today, he was a part of the doc as well. He lives in his parents' basement. He like became completely socially isolated. And one of his tells as they're interviewing him is he says something to the effect, because I've seen this clip. He's like, I think if I was completely honest with you right now on camera, I think it would be extremely, extremely damning for my parents. Mm. That's really, really big to say. Okay, he's living in their house to say that on camera, though. And they were like, well, can you elaborate on that? Because this has to do with a potentially a girl who was a child who was abandoned by them. And he said, like I said, I was there. I was in that house. And I saw everything go down. And I think if I was honest, it would be very damning for my parents. And that's all I'll say on that. Wow. How many ways are we going to slice that? You tell me. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. I know. I mean, the, the first thought is that, like, could they have been, like, abusing her or something? It, it, I mean, he was alluding to that for sure. He was yeah. like, there was yeah. some abuse going on in that house, some physical abuse, which I'm sure if Natalia came into the home as a disturbed child or a child that needed psychiatric help was only exacerbating the situation, you know, kind of like hurt, hurt kids try to hurt other people. Right. Same thing with hurt people who are hurt people. But I think it was maybe two mentally ill-equipped parents who were dealing with a psychologically disturbed child and then they created something bad. And I think their real children, their biological children, bore witness to it mm-hmm. and well what does it say about the son you know still living with them is it he must be you know how i don't know how old he is now but oh he's in his 20s i mean he's older yeah i mean no yeah. shade to anybody that you know like lives with their parents or anything but it's like that to me it sort of paints the picture that there might be like a relying on them or that he might still kind of be under their thumb Potentially. I don't know. I don't have enough context, but yeah. I mean, if you look at interviews with the father, he he seems like a domineering personality within the home. And it you can tell actually if you look at this clip in the doc, because I think the son, as he's being interviewed, he almost goes in to like talk about this story with Christine because Christine and Michael, they're abused. Or not abused, sorry, they're divorced at this point. 
Sorry, Freudian slip. Um, <laughs> but they're talking about Christine, like being the perpetrator who was abusing Natalia severely. And he almost goes into a story before it looks like Michael kind of shuts it down. It, it's like a hot mic moment where like they're picking up an audio feed where he's like, don't say that to them where he's going to tell a story about when Christine kicked Natalia down a staircase. <gasps> so I think there was something much darker going on here. And then I think, oh, I mean, it's it's horrible to imagine, but say Natalia is a, a psychologically disturbed child. Christine is a disturbed woman who's abusing this child. And Michael is like caught in between them in his mind. And he's also eccentric and kind of out there. So this was his logical solution, basically. Frame her as an adult and leave her behind. Do they touch on, like, anything with the parents? Like, if they actually were diagnosed with anything mental, or is it just... The parents? Um, yeah. Not that I read, but I think it's pretty clear okay. when you, like, look... At, let me send you a picture of the father. Yeah. Okay. Oh, God. How you doing so far with this one? This is a little bit different <laughs> from, like, a normal Creep Time episode, I feel like. Yeah, I know. It kind of feels like we're like um we're, we're doing like research and development. Like yeah, we're we're doing a little R and D on the back end. Um no, this Hold is really on, interesting. Picture. It is, it's it's interesting and I, I'm happy that the story is kind of coming to light now. I think the most compelling evidence that I saw were the dental records where you can see that she still has baby teeth for some of her teeth. Like you can see that she has a second set of adult teeth underneath, which this mm. dentist in this clip, I mean, he said there's really no other way to, like, decipher this other than to say that this is a child who's, like, a child between the ages of 9 and 11. He's like, I mean, it would be in, almost impossible to see, like, an adult person like this. Here, I'm sending you a picture of the father. Oh, Initial yeah. Thoughts. He, looks, yeah. <laughs> he looks like an old uh, professor of mine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly quirky. He's, um, he's got a screw loose for sure. Mm, Hold on. This is... I'll send you a picture of Christine too. This is when they were first okay. arrested. These are their mug shots. I'm very curious. Okay. I wonder if a judge can actually be oh. held accountable in this as well. Because that judge, to make that call, to give them a legal loophole to be able to do this for so many years, that judge should be held accountable as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they don't look like they are the most, um, like certainly in my mind when I was making the case earlier that I was like the, the like the types of parents that would want to take in a, ch you know, adopt a child, a child mm -hmm. with special needs. They don't look like they would, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to like go just off the looks, but based on the mugshots, they don't look like in their eyes, they've got that like nurturing spirit. Like they look, they definitely look a little eccentric. They do, for sure. I'm actually curious about what their their jobs were. Hold on. Why does he look... He looks like some famous actor, actually, now that I'm looking at his mugshot. Like, um... Sort of like the Nucio del Toro or something. <laughs> Let me... Hold on. Let me see what his actual job was. Do for a job... Let's see. DocuSeries, Curious Case of Natalia Grace. Lost True Crime Fans into a Frenzy, a.k.a. us. What happened to Michael Burnett? Ex-wife Christine adopted. Okay, this is 2010. 
Oh, this is interesting too. So she was adopted in an emergency adoption process. I guess that was because she was previously returned. And again, she was a child with special needs. So they really needed to find her a home. That's interesting. I think they used that in their case. If If I'm not mistaken, I think they were using that to say that the adoption agency was basically willing to like forge a few documents to like try to get her adopted very quickly. Yeah. Teaser clip docu-series. Wait, can you remind me again? Sorry if you Mm -hmm. said it, but why she was returned the first time? I think it's unknown. Yeah, it's not. It's not known either. I mean, it must have been that the parents who were caring for her just felt they couldn't meet her physical needs because she did need help and she needed care. Yeah. But it's actually an unknown, which, again, I think was to the benefit of Michael and Christine to help build up this narrative that, like, something dark had happened beforehand and, like, those parents knew it because she was an adult, even as, like, posing as a four- and five-year-old. So then the agency was just trying to get rid of her and they had forged the birth certificate. It says Michael has largely worked in retail jobs over the years, working his way up from team leader roles to district manager roles at companies such as Circuit City and T-Mobile. They still have Circuit City? I don't even know what Circuit City is, baby. It's like it's like a Radio Shack, sort of. <gasps> Radio Shack? That was where my first cell phone was from. Uh, baby, don't <laughs> remind. That's where you got your LG chocolate, right? No. Oh, my God. That was from Verizon. That was a Verizon exclusive, oh, honey. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little fl- a sh- flip phone. Oh, damn. What time is it? 50. Um, <laughs> We've been doing too much after dark. I know. That's the problem with it. But I had a flip phone. Um, could I do anything on there? I think I could. It said I could get onto the internet, but I never did. I was scared. No. Scared. But this is kind of like where the case stands as of today. You know what was weird about it was in the dock. She, I mean, she's now she's a woman in her 20s. Um, she had new adoptive parents, like, as of this year. So how old is she right now? In her 20s. Okay. Yeah, but, like, it's it's strange to me the idea of people who want to adopt people who are in their 20s. I don't know if you legally can do that, but that's how they were framed in the doc. It was this couple. And a lot of people who watched the doc, they said that there was something kind of off about them, too. And they were sort of riding on the coattails of, like, her fame with this story because Mm -hmm. they have since actually abandoned her. She's been abandoned again. Again? So if you watch the doc, this is where they kind of left it on, not a cliffhanger, but like a really ominous note where basically the whole thing, it's framing Natalia's story that like these parents had framed her. They had, you know, pitched her as an adult and they did all this stuff and they left her behind and she has the support of these adopted parents who were like, we're going to help you. We're going to like get you, you know, lawyers and we're going to make sure that you can go after them and like they will, you know, serve time for what they did. You'll see justice. At the end, there's like a big paragraph of text that comes up that says Natalia's parents abandoned her um, and left her behind, citing that there's something wrong with her. And it's playing a voicemail from the new adopted father. And he's like, there's something wrong with that girl. Like, it's kind of chilling when you hear it. But he's like basically going on a rant. He was like, she she tried to abuse us. She tried to harm us. Like, it's it's scary. Because you've just spent the whole, like, series basically, like, investing in her story that, like, she was painted as this 
terrible person. But then you right. have this group, this new group of people who are like, there's something wrong with her. And it's like doing a slow pan into her sitting on her porch. It's so creepy. So what is, what is your, like, is she interviewed in the documentary? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, so what was your take on her? I believe her. I believe that she was a child at the time. What I also believe is that it's almost impossible to come out of this without some trauma. You know, like, she's basically been abandoned by people since she was a child over and over yeah. again. And then she was manipulated into believing that she was an adult and neglected to the point where her adoptive family left her in, in a different country, you know? Left behind yeah. in an apartment alone as a nine-year-old. Do, do you get, like, and of course, given all of the trauma she's been through, but do you get that feeling from her, from the interviews, that there could be some a dark sort side of, like, to Natalia. a dark side? Yeah. Yes, I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it definitely makes me question if all of her side of the story is true um, or if it happened in the exact way that she said it did. But there are a few things that I feel are irrefutable. One, that she was a child at the time. And also we have that third-party testimony coming from the son. It's pretty, Mm. it's harrowing to like have a biological child who's like basically outing his parents as like, yeah, they neglected her and like left her there and they knew it. They knew she was a kid. Well, and it's weird because it's like you have to take into account that let's say Natalia does have this kind of like dark side to her either Mm. naturally or by way of being abandoned so many times. It's such a interesting examination of like nurture, like in those scenarios, Mm -hmm. like how, how far does like nurturing someone go to repair the trauma that they've been through in the past? Like, I wonder if with this third family she's now been with, like, were they very nurturing? And like, maybe she was already just too broken at this point. And maybe something, it's it's weird. It's a it's, weird it, it case. Intentionally left you on like an ominous note. But if I had to guess, I would say that this is not entirely her fault. I think that that adoptive family wanted something out of her, the new one. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was fame or like cloud, I don't know exactly what they wanted. Honestly, maybe it was whatever money she'd be getting from the doc series, but I definitely think that she's a victim of someone who has not only been neglected, but has been exploited over mm-hmm. and over again. And I think that, that that creates a certain type of person who has totally adult defense mechanisms to keep themselves protected. I think that's the thing is that people are like, I think sometimes people have a hard time grasping just how much trauma certain humans are not built to withstand and like go through especially someone that in society is already like not accepted from for a variety of reasons i'm sure it's hard for them to like operate normally in the world Mm -hmm. um because i think a lot of people would say you know like (laughs) they could never understand like why she would do all these dark things but there's sometimes like there are certain types of humans that are not built to be neglected and abused like that and bounce back like Sometimes the psyche like takes a different turn and just a weird case. It's like a moral, it's a really like a moral dilemma. It's like, yeah. I I mean, it doesn't seem as ambiguous to me. I mean, I think I'm willing to justify almost whatever she was experiencing that caused her to act out or why she still acts out as of of this day. Because 
I just can't imagine like growing up in that scenario, like what else you would learn other than to kind of create a fortress around yourself, whether it's a fortress of like lies or like you're trying to, you're trying to protect yourself, you know? And I think she was lied to about herself for so long that it's the only Mm -hmm. thing she's learned to weaponize in becoming a woman. Right. And she's never had like good role models to kind of, it doesn't seem like to teach her how to like kind of uh, unwind some of that behavior she's learned. Because I don't think I, I mean, from everything I read, these two new adopted people were the only like new like family that's come into her life as she's become an adult. And like when she was 16, Mm -hmm. like I think that she was appointed like a part-time caregiver from like as part of like a welfare, like from the state. So those would have been the only people who had like a close connection to her or who would have been family. It's a really, it's a really dark and traumatizing thing to imagine, but is your final consensus that you believe she was a child as well? Or do you think that it's still sort of eerily ambiguous? I think she was definitely a child. Like, I, and I don't, I don't know how far along, like, I don't know if I necessarily believe she was nine years old or if she was like mm-hmm. a little bit older or, you know, f- what I think you said at one point, like the report was that she was probably like around 14. They said somewhere her dental records are somewhere between like nine to 14, but she undoubtedly was a minor. Yeah. I think. No, I definitely, I, mean, I definitely think she was a child. It's so crazy. We don't um, have more sophisticated tests that can determine that it can only give us ranges and it's mostly dental i know that's why i was starting to like lose my mind when we were talking i was like wait we don't have a method to be able to like out of all the tests and all the science we have we don't have some tests that can like very clearly kind of lock in what your age is imagine (laughs) imagine if it was based off of like tooth decay i was just thinking about my sister and how many cavities she had (laughs) If it was like, baby, if they tried to test like those teeth, it's like, well, these must be the teeth of a 90 year old woman. Uh, you might as well call me Blackbeard. I have no teeth. <laughs> I'm 450 years old. Oh my God. That's the case. They're like these ancient dentures found in the skull <laughs> of a woman who went by stew. <laughs> Literally, that's the pirate. Oh my Ooh. God. But baby, that's all I got. That's really, I mean, it's, like I said, this is a very different take for like a creep time episode, but I wanted to like at least keep this as like a, it's an interesting discussion about like, I guess some of the, the weak points of the laws in certain states and like how parents are able to do this, because this is certainly not the only case. I think of parents who had malicious intent to like bend the rules or find the loopholes to like do something terrible with their child. Totally. Also, I I just love when we cover stuff that's like very, um, you know, relevant because it kind of keeps us on our toes because we don't have all the answers yet. What you trying to say about our other cases? They're irrelevant. No, 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 (laughs) (laughs) no. You're like I'm just really happy that we've actually covered (laughs) allegedly. (laughs) You're like I just like when we cover stuff that's like actually happening and like interesting. (laughs) (laughs) No, because. I love when we our typical structure is that we kind of have all of the the information that we know thus far yes. and we can really kind of like get down to the nitty gritty. But 
mm-hmm. it's kind of fun to be on our toes and not have all the answers. Right. That's yet. like when we covered the Kylie Rodney case. Like we were kind of, and like yeah, I guess yeah. kind of um oh God, what was it? Debbie, what was her name? Oh my God. Debbie Collier. Yes, Debbie Collier. Uh. That case. But like that was sort of like we were covering it as it was happening, you know, like new details yeah. were being uncovered. I still I think there's more to this story to mine. Like I do think there will be additional details that will come out about Natalia, about what's ultimately going to happen to these parents. I cannot imagine a scenario where they get to walk free. Yeah. I think they I think they will ultimately <sighs> that hammer's going to come down hard by B. Be- Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> oh, Boom. That was a lot. We should we need an after dark episode or something. I know, my God. Mm. As you sip your little tea. I'm a little tea. Your Did you tea. appreciate um our last after dark uh what was it? Second to last? Or no, the one that's coming out next. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh god, was it public bathrooms? Maybe it was something about like oh yeah, it must have been because we were talking about like no wet ass cracks going into 2024. <laughs> <laughs> God, the creepers are like, and good night. Yeah, I'm gonna look at the <laughs> analytics for this. Just in extreme drop off, extreme like down to ten percent of, of our listenership in two seconds. I've I've been thinking about that so much. That was so funny. Oh my god, it, I don't even know where it came from. It just like erupted out of us. <laughs> We're like, we are not doing that in 2024. This is a dry ass not- crack year. <laughs> <laughs> All the creepers were all dry ass cracks. <laughs> I'll get my pad out. We'll put it on the merch. <sighs> but baby, I want to thank so you. Uh, it has been wildly unhinged, but I'm going to thank you. I'm going to thank the creepers for listening. Thanks for joining us for another Friday episode. It has been, I don't know. It's left me. It's kind of got me on the edge of my seat. I want to rewatch some of the older docs. I haven't seen the Dr. Phil stuff. I want to go back and watch some of that when she's allegedly 16. But I think this will be one that we'll revisit down the line. I certainly hope so. You know I'm going to be watching that Dr. Phil. Anytime you tell me there's a Dr. Phil interview, I'm there right after I can already hear the fingers typing away. Yeah. (laughs) Well, while you watch Dr. Phil, I'm going to turn on Real Housewives of New York. So with that, let's go watch our our horror programming for the rest of the night. Oh my God, perfect. And we'll catch you guys in the next one. For now, we'll say goodbye. And good luck. Bye, everybody. Bye, creepers.